you're going to get out of worship what you bring to worship. Folk be leaving talking about uh, how they felt after they left God's presence. They ought to be talking about how God felt after they left his presence because worship is all about him. If you came to get something, you came for the wrong reason. Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you've joined us today as we're continuing a message entitled A Prescription for Praise. And what a great reminder from Pastor Ford just a moment ago that worship is all about Jesus. So often we do leave church, like Pastor Ford was talking about, talking with others about how we felt after a time of singing whether or not the worship leader did a good job in, in making us feel a certain way. I remember hearing a pastor talk a number of years ago when someone said, you know, at this certain point in the song, he said, I just really felt the presence of God. And he turned, no, I think actually what you felt maybe was the bass drum kicking in, followed by uh, an electric guitar. Well, one thing that we do know as we dive into Psalm 47 today is that if we are to worship God, and we're to do so in a way that honors him. It's going to be all about who he is, all about what he's done for us. And that's uh, something that we can get excited about. And as Pastor Ford would say, that's something that is probably going to lead to us being verbal. It's going to lead to us proclaiming the goodness of God and probably doing so in a, in a rather loud way. Well, I hope that you'll open your Bible and join us right now in Psalm 47 as we continue a message entitled, A Prescription for Praise. Here is Pastor Ford. So it's visible. You should see praise. Okay. You say, what do you mean by that? Because it says we should praise him. Now, I don't have time to go over the 11 words in the Old Testament translated praise. I'm just going to give you one of them. It's the word gil. Sing praises to the Lord. It's the Hebrew word gil, G-I-L. So anytime they use that word for praise, they're not only telling you sing, they're telling you move. That's visible. But then I want you to notice, not only is it visible, but you can hear it. It's verbal. See, I can see if he said, whisper unto God. He said, shout unto God. But then notice it's vigorous, clapping, jumping, singing. That's vigorous. What do you mean? That takes energy. You know, I tell people all the time, when I, when I, when I was unsaved, Jack, uh, wife tell you, she right here. Uh, man, whenever, whenever I hit Friday and the eagle flew, I get my head bad, come home, you know, and... Uh, put my music on to get ready to go to the party. You know, the party says, party start at 10. I ain't going at no 10. Squares go at 10. I head out about 11.30. Head bad. Ready to go, man. And, and how many change of clothing did I have to take, darling, to a party? Three to four changes of clothing at every party. I was so glad it was because the first part of the party would be jamming. Vigorously, right? Amen. And so I need two changes of clothes because I'd be wet twice in an hour and a half. 
Amen. Then I put on a set to catch everything as I dry off to get to the slow dance and that it always ended. And I know she didn't want me next to her all sweaty. And so I put that fourth pair on after the third pair absorbed all of the sweat. And then we could, you know, slow dance. Amen. And what was our favorite? Do you remember? Stay in my corner. That was always the last dance, too. Say, so what do you say? I tell everybody, when I served the devil, I served him with all of my might. When I danced for the devil, I danced with all of my might. Now I know Jesus, and I dance with all of my might. I give him everything. When I leave here, I don't have anything left. So I tell people, I ain't stopped dancing. I just changed partners. That's all. But then notice, fourthly, it's voluminous. What do you mean? Listen to the volume with a loud voice. Shout. It talks about trumpets being in here. You know what? Some of us are going to be very uncomfortable in heaven. You want to know why? You ever read Revelation 4 and 5? It's noisy there. It's noisy. <laughs> See, Granny went to one of them churches that was very cerebral. And uh, preacher was preaching, and he was talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, who was God in the flesh. And Granny said, hallelujah. Preacher gave the eye, and the usher went and said, look, our pastor can't concentrate on his message. You're interrupting him. She said, I can't help it. I can't help it. I mean, I'm reading the Bible along with him, and it says that Jesus died for my sins. I got to say, oh, thank you, Jesus. He said, okay, you come back next week? She said, yeah. He said, well, I'm going to take your Bible. I'm going to give you another book. That ought to stop that. She said, she said okay, if that's what you want to do. So she came the next week, and uh, he took her Bible and gave her a geography book. So she's sitting there, and the preacher's preaching. She's reading the geography book, and all of a sudden she said, Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus! Usher went and said, Wait a minute, I took your Bible, so you don't tell me you were reading in the geography book about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. She said, No, but I turned to this page that said that there are places in the ocean that are so deep nobody has ever been there, nobody can ever get there. And I said, Hallelujah, because that's where he put my sins. <laughs> hallelujah! So then he said, Okay, I'm going to take that book back. And so he said, next week, I'm going to give you another book. So then uh, next week, he took the geography book and her Bible, and he gave her a biology book. And uh, preacher's preaching, and all of a sudden she says, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. And, and the preacher looks at the usher and says, now, wait a minute. I done took the Bible and the geography book. I gave you a biology book. What's going on? She said, well, I was reading in this book that this book says that the most complex computer is not a, a Mac uh, or, or any of those kind of things. But the most complex computer that's ever been made is the human mind said the, the best perception of anything that's ever been made, a telescope or a microscope, is not the Hubble telescope or the microscope. It is the human eye that the greatest pump that ever pumped anything is not a pump at a water station, but it's the human heart. And she said, I just thought, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Hallelujah! 
So then, not to be outdone, Usher said, okay, okay, we're going to try this again. So took the Bible, took the geography book, took the biology book. She came to church the next day. He said, I'm going to give you a science book. You ain't not going to find anything in there to shout about. She's reading the science book. She said, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He said, I I'm going to give up. I don't understand it. How can you be praising God out of a science book? She said, well, I was reading it, and it says uh, that the earth around the orbit of the sun, if it would move away from the earth just one hundredth of a centimeter, uh, then the earth would freeze. If it was closer to the earth just one hundredth of a centimeter, the earth would burn up. It's exactly where it's supposed to be to give life, and that's why we're the only planet with life. And she said, I just thought about in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and I said, look at God, hallelujah! You say, what's going on here? Yeah, we say it all the time, and we don't say it enough, because remember at the birth of Jesus, what happened? Fanfare. What was going on? Angels everywhere shouting in the heavens, glory to God in the highest, shepherds down, praising God. It was a great big praise party at the birth of Jesus Christ. They came to Jesus. They said, why don't your disciples fast like our disciples and the disciples of John? And you know what he said? Because I'm here. And as long as I'm here, they're going to party. So wherever he shows up, there ought to be a party. Huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rejoicing in his presence. He's here. Did you sense his presence this morning? I did. And so the intense manifestation, but notice secondly with me, the intellectual manifestation. Say, what do you mean intellectual? Look at verse 7. Look at verse 7. Now, remember we talked about, is it spirit or is it truth? That's what we were actually saying. Uh, is it fire? Uh, because it's not the fire of the flesh, but it's fire of the Holy Spirit. And is it cerebral? It's not either or, it's both and. There should be times when we're shouting, but there should be times when we're crying. There should be times when we just fall on our faces. There'll be times when we get on our knees. Why? Because of the presence of the Lord. Listen to what he says in verse 7. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. See, if you have all spirit and no truth, then you get excited for excitement's sake. But if you have all truth and no spirit, then you're unmoved by spiritual verities. And it's the truth of the word of God that ought to move us. I, I'm a teacher. And so here's what I did. I said, what's the difference between spirit and truth? And we need both of them. So what should happen in every service? So the spirit is the Holy Spirit and the truth is the Holy Scriptures. So what ought to happen? The Holy Spirit gives power for the service and the Holy Scripture gives precept for the service. The Holy Spirit is that which gives you the heart in worship and and the Holy Scriptures is that which touches your head or your mind in worship. So then the Spirit adds the purity and the Scriptures add the preciseness in worship. So the Spirit gives you the emotion and the, the Scriptures gives you the intellect. So you're just not shouting about some music or some playing or some hooping. You're shouting about the content of what you heard that has blessed your life, that has enriched your soul, that has provided an answer 
that you've been trying to get from God. You come to the service, you've been praying all week, and all of a sudden, he sings something, and you say, that's what I needed. God is speaking to me. The preacher says something, that's what I needed. God is speaking to me. Even when they play something, the melody begins to touch your heart. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Nather James Ford Jr., a message entitled A Prescription for Praise, and we're going to get back to this teaching in just one moment. I want to let you know if you ever miss a broadcast or part of a broadcast, you can always come to our website and listen to each and every program in its entirety. You can download MP3s, you can just simply stream programs through your computer, or even order copies on CD. Just come to our website, treasuretruthradio.org. Back to the message. Here is Pastor Ford. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, we don't like that. See, and I'm, I'm, I'm not putting it down, but it's like I've been in places where they don't, they don't do anything until the preacher says, and now it's time. And then the deacons stand up and button their shirts, I mean, their, their, their jackets, and he says, we, we don't really do that, do we? You ever go to Kentucky Fried Chicken, they say, May I help you? Well, I like uh, a big bucket of chicken. Uh, uh, Yeah. How about a cup of biscuits? Well, I also want some coleslaw and some mac and cheese. No, they be saying, man, uh, please move on. We'll, 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 you know, it's like, what would happen if your child came to you and said, mama, oh mama, can I have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? (laughs) No, come on y'all, come on now. And like I said, I ain't nothing wrong with it. I'm not putting it down, I'm just saying, if that's the basis of it, then that's not a good biblical basis. And everybody's screaming, running, hollering, because he can sing. Because that's what I learned. Why can't I hoop? Because I don't know how to sing. But you better believe if I knew how to sing. Well, <laughs> you ain't praying with me in here. So it's intellectually, and then notice, it's internally manufactured. Here, he he gives it to the musicians to put it to music. Why? Because the music on the outside connects with the word on the inside and creates a melody in your heart. (laughs) Let me move on. Let me move on. See, people talk about, man, the service was dead. Let me tell you why you left DOA, because you came DOA. Folk who leave talking about, I ain't getting nothing out of it. That's because you ain't bring nothing to it. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, because I tell you, you're going to get out of worship what you bring to worship. Folk be leaving talking about uh, how they felt after they left God's presence. They ought to be talking about how God felt after they left his presence because worship is all about him. If you came to get something, uh, doing the music, the preaching, you came for the wrong reason because the Bible says uh, that we ought to worship him in the beauty of holiness. And here's what he said, come into his presence with thanksgiving. That you ain't heard a song yet. 
yet. Into his courts with praise. Make a joyful noise unto him. Yeah, yeah. So I can't relate to it. I'm not rejoicing. Why? Well, it's custom or it's controlled by my circumstances or there's no connection. Notice this. Why in his presence? Why are you asking us to rejoice in his presence? You said, pastor, that it's spirit and truth. I feel the spirit. Give me the truth. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Watch this. Now it's in verses 2, verse 6, 7, and 9. Now watch this. The first thing he says, we rejoice in his presence because of his kingship over his people. So verse 2 says he's king over us. Man, I have a sovereign king. Obama, President Obama, uh, he's a great man, all that kind of stuff, but he ain't my king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mayor of city is Chicago, Rahm Emanuel, he, he cool cat, but he ain't my king. Every time I come to church, I am reminded my boss ain't my king. No, 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 no. What's going on in my neighborhood doesn't have sovereignty over me. I am reminded right now, nothing can happen in my life unless my king allows it and everything that I need to be delivered from, he will deliver me. His kingship over his people. But then look at verse 6, his covenant with his people. I'm in covenant with God. I mean, I know the true and living God. He lives in me. Man, that's powerful. Then thirdly, verse 7, his kindness to his people. Man, he begins to talk about how good God has been to us. And then verse 9, his care for his people. See that? When you come in and you are reminded of his kingship over his people, his covenant with his people, his kindness to his people, his care for his people, you ought to rejoice in his presence. Now notice secondly with me, not just rejoicing in his presence, verse 2, reverence for his person. You say, why, why do we praise him and worship him and cut up and act a fool sometimes and then think about what God said at other times? Why do we do that? Listen, for the Lord most high is terrible. He is a great king over all the earth. Stop. That's enough. Look at how he focuses on the person of God. He calls him Elohim. That's the word for God. It's a plural, plural noun, which speaks of the Trinity. Uh, then he calls him Lord. Then he calls him Most High. Then he calls him King. Then he says, that ain't good enough. I'm going to call him the Great King. Then he calls him Terrible. Let me tell you what he's saying. He's saying God is sovereign because that's the Tetragrammaton. What's the Tetragrammaton? Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That's God's proper name. That's what he uses. So he says he's sovereign. Then he used the word that, that says he's the creator. Then he uses the word that says he's a redeemer. Then he strings three words together, king, great, king, terrible, to talk about the absolute sovereignty of God. What's he trying to do? He's trying to create awe. He's trying to create awe. Say, what is awe? Vance Abner, you know, I got his quote book because the second time I quoted him. He said, Christians have lost their awe and they've become awful. He said, it's getting to be, if you want a fellowship with the average Christian, you got to backslide to do it. Okay, so, so I was just away. I was just away. I, it, was, it was rough. It was rough. I come in here this morning, and I'm telling you, uh, uh, I got up this morning, and I said, only reason I'm going to church today, uh, uh, Lord, is because I'm the pastor. That's it. And on the way here, I, I, I started bumping Kurt Franklin uh, uh, praise on Sirius, and I said, now, God, prepare my heart because it's, it's, not, it's not prepared. And, and I said, do something. I came in here and they sang that song and that did it. That changed my whole motivation. I was ready to preach. Say, what are you trying to do? Create awe. In other words, why not just say God is great? Yeah. 
No, he's Lord, God, El Yon, Elohim, Yahweh. Absolute. Why all that? What's he doing? He could just say the Lord is a great God, but no, that's not going to create the reverence. This word literally means uh, to be so awed by somebody that you're in fear of them. Man, this is, this is the honor. I'm not going to go through. I wish I could read every one of them. But Deuteronomy 4.10, Deuteronomy 5.29, Deuteronomy 6.2, Deuteronomy 6.13, Psalm 33.8, Psalm 34.9. Let me just read one of them for you because there's what it says in the closest one to me. Psalm 34.9, listen to what he says. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. You hear that? You should read the rest of them. Deuteronomy says, I want you to teach your children how to fear me. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and he connects this reverence for his person with his blessing. I had a dog. His name was Boaz. He was a child. We had him for two and a half years. Somebody asked me where he is. Well, you know, you're, I said where he is, but you're supposed to say, where is he? You know, that's proper English, okay. So, okay, so uh, he's dead. Why is he dead? Because I took him to the pound. Why you take him to the pound? Because that joker, I'm putting food in his cage. He going to growl and snap at me. You crazy. You think that I'm going to provide everything for you, shelter, roof over your head, food on your table, take you out to let you do your business, and you going to snap at me? See, I had a dog. Most of y'all got teenagers. <laughs> and so God says he wants his respect. Respect for his person. Why? Here it is. The attributes of his person. What are you talking about? God, Elohim. That's his name in creation. Lord, Yahweh. That's his name in redemption. Most high, El Yon. That's his name in power. Now get this. He uses in these few verses. There's only nine verses. You know how many times he uses Elohim? Eight times. Now let me just tell you some stuff. Masorites, when they would write the Old Testament, every time they came across the name Elohim, God, guess what they would do? Say what? They would get a new quill and write that name and throw it away after they wrote it. So that means when he was doing this psalm, he needed eight quills. Now, he couldn't go to Walgreens and get an eight-pack of pens for $1.99. They had to go through a process that sometimes took an hour just to make one pen. You're listening to Treasure Truth and a message from Pastor James Ford. It's called A Prescription for Praise. Well, if you enjoy the encouraging Bible teaching on this program, but you've never taken a step to become a monthly partner, I want to encourage you to do that right now. Just grab your phone or go online. Let us know that you're growing from what you hear on this program and that you want to give your support. Our number is 888-644-7660, and our website is treasuretruthradio.org. Well, when you become a monthly partner by auto gift at a level of $30 or more, we have a special way of saying thanks. You're going to receive a 50% discount to Moody Publishers. It's good for as long as you remain a monthly partner, and you can use it on as many resources as you'd like. Get your 50% discount when you become a monthly partner. Our number is 888-644-7660, and our website again is treasuredtruthradio.org. 
Well, I'm Steve Hiller. Our producer is Amy Rios, and I hope you'll join us again tomorrow as we wrap up our study on Psalm 47 with Pastor James Ford Jr. here on Treasure Truth. Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Mm-hmm.